Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and we do invite you to call in to today's program of Calvary Live. You just heard the number. The call-in number is 303-690-3000. want to welcome you to today's edition of the program. So blessed to be with you and uh, a privilege to be able to talk with you and to pray with you and answer your questions. And of course, Calvary Live is the program for the next hour that you get to call in or text a question or a prayer request, and we're going to talk about the Lord, go to the Word of the Lord, and we are going to be encouraged and blessed in every way. I know that some of you that you've just found uh, this program, Calvary Live, even though it's been on Grace FM uh, and been airing other radio stations for a number of years now, and we're very grateful for that, and we're grateful that there are new listeners to the program, new listeners to Grace FM, and also those who are finding us on Hope and Truth FM and other radio stations uh, throughout uh, the country. And so we have listeners today uh, that are online listeners that are listening from Southern California up to uh, Washington and and uh, also in the Midwest. And so we're very grateful uh, for that. We even have a person that is listening from Ukraine. We have international listeners. So welcome, welcome to today's program. Uh, it is so uh, wonderful to be with you, a privilege. And so call in at that number to ask your question or your prayer request at 303-690-3000. As I've always mentioned, this is your show. This is your opportunity to be able to ask that question that's been on your mind and on your heart. And uh, maybe your Bible reading has brought up a question, or uh, you got a question about Christian living or all the things going on around us, our worldview on things as Christians. I will do my very best uh, to be able to uh, take you to the Word of God because the Word of God is our certainty in uncertain times. The Word of God is true in, in times where there's so many voices out there. Uh, we don't know really uh, what is true at times or what is false or what is accurate or what is facts, but the Word of God is sure, and the Word of God is true, all of it, from Genesis to Revelation. And and so we can go to the Word of God, and, and the Lord desires to give us the answers through His Word and godly wisdom. So 303-690-3000, I, again, always encourage you, grab one of those open lines early in the show, and, and sometimes we get backed up with the phone calls, and would love to be able to talk with you. So let me know you're out there. Maybe perhaps you're coming home from school, uh, from work. Maybe uh, you're at the office ending your day. Uh, maybe you're getting a snack for the kids. Uh, wherever you're at in um, Colorado or wherever uh, that you're listening to the show, please give me a call at 303-690-3000. we got all open lines. As soon as the phone calls come in, we'll start going to the phone lines. want to welcome uh, to uh, give a welcome to those who are listening, other radio stations uh, on perhaps Hope and 
Truth FM on the East Coast. I just want to remind you, if you're listening, tune in to those radio stations, um, you can call that number, 303-690-3000, and uh, we will have our conversation, but it is a week delayed. You can listen next week, and uh, I know there are some other radio stations that have picked up Calvary Live, uh, so we're so grateful for that. And the online listeners anywhere in the country, you can call that number, 303-690-3000. Let's get the phone lines ringing, and let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the things of the Lord. Let's pray for one another and be encouraged this hour. Let me know how you're doing, what's on your mind, uh, the things that are important to you. Also, as you know, there's another means for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request, and that's a dedicated text line. It is for texting only, 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you to write those numbers down in your contacts. So anytime that you want to call the show or text in uh, a message or a question, then you can do so very easily. So 720-336-0897 is the text line. want you to be safe as you're texting. Uh, but we are here. We're live here on Grace FM along the Front Range in Colorado. Love to hear from you guys listening on 101.7 down in Southern Colorado. A lot of friends I have down there, uh, people that are important to me. Uh, it, we have uh, my family, Sue and I, uh, a lot of great memories uh, of ministry and down in Colorado Springs area. So welcome down in that area, Fountain and down in parts of Pueblo, and then northern Colorado, 89.7, a powerful signal that goes out from Castle Rock and Parker up north through the metro area, Boulder, uh, Longmont, Fort Collins, uh, up into Laramie, Wyoming, and the Snowies. And we're praying for you guys. You've seen a lot of smoke with that Mullins fire that is burning up there, Cheyenne, Wyoming, and then uh, along the Front Range Cloud to the Eastern Plains, as far as Moreno, Colorado, or uh, Yuma, we've gotten calls, and Panhandle of Nebraska. We want to welcome you to Calvary Live. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. Lines are wide open, and love to talk to you about the things of the Lord. Love to talk to you um, about uh, those things that are on your heart and on your mind. So let's get those phone lines ringing. This is really your show to be able to do that. Um, I do want to uh, give you that text line as well again. And the text line is 720-336-0897. You know, every show is different. And uh, every show takes on kind of a theme. So I'm going to go right to the text line so we can get started and uh, go to a question that is asked. Is the judgment of the nations the same as the great white throne judgment and that is a very, very good question because they are not the same. They are two different um, events that take place. Uh, the judgment of the nations, of course, in Matthew chapter 25 recorded, as Jesus speaks about that right after the Olivet Discourse. As most of you know, that the Olivet Discourse uh, is a teaching that Jesus did. Matter of fact, I think it's the second longest teaching that we have of Jesus in the Gospel narratives next to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's chapters 5, 6, and 7. But the Olivet Discourse, we see that Jesus speaks about the judgment of the nations. And then at the end of the book of Revelation in chapter 20, we see the great white throne that is spoken of as well. And they are different, and uh, we know that they are different as we compare the texts. 
in every way. And how it is different is that it is a different time. The judgment of the nations occurs, that is, at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Again, that's Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. The great white throne judgment follows Christ's millennium reign uh, as we know that he will reign for a thousand years. So uh, I know that um, the second coming of Jesus Christ takes place at the end of the tribulation period. Then he will reign for a thousand years. Then the heavens and the earth will dissolve in a fervent heat, as Peter says. And then we know that um, the great white throne judgment will take place. Uh, So it's not only a different time, but really a different scene. The judgment of the nations occur on earth. The great white throne judgment occurs when there's really nothing. It's just black out there. It's just the, the heavens and earth dissolve. It's before he creates a new heaven and a new earth, according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11. As then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there's found no place in them. And then also different individuals. We know that the judgment of the nations, uh, there's actually three groups of people that are mentioned, the sheeps and the goats and the brothers, and then the great white throne judgment, only the unsaved dead, the unrighteous uh, dead are resurrected at that time called the second resurrection. And then we know that... uh, there is uh, the result of the judgment of the nations is twofold. The righteous enter into Christ's millennium kingdom, and the unrighteous are cast into the lake of fire. The result of the great white throne judgment is that the wicked dead are cast into the lake of fire. And so they are two different events that take place, and uh, but eventually we do know that uh, the end result is the same, separate from God. So judgment is very, very real. Hey, I believe that uh, as I look... Uh, that we have all open lines. And so we had an active day yesterday. Let me know that you're there. Give a phone call. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Maybe you got a question about end-time prophecy. I mentioned yesterday that I believe is very important for us that we discern the times in which we're living in. And I think a lot of people have questions today uh, about what's going on. Is it um, pointing to the soon return of Jesus Christ? Are, are we uh, in the last days? Uh, so I'd love to be able to uh, help you with that. Also, um, I, I was sharing on Sunday in my congregation, if you are uh, one of those, because here in Greeley we got a major university, uh, and then also uh, not far from here we have the University of Colorado in Boulder and CSU in Fort Collins, only 45 minutes from us. Uh, Listen, if you're stuck in your dorm and you're feeling isolated, I want to pray for you. Give me a call. Even if you're up there in Laramie, University of Wyoming, uh, if you're up there at uh, all of those universities or large universities, uh, Division I schools, give me a call. I'd love to pray for you. And I really have a heart for those who are going through difficulty, our college kids. And we've heard all the news about COVID spreading among the colleges. And even in the Denver area, you have Regis, you have Denver University. Um, We hear more and more about there are those who are, uh, you know, isolated or quarantined or stuck in their dorm rooms. um, And it's a difficult time for you. And so we want to pray for you. We want to encourage you any way that 
we can. So give me a call, even down Colorado Springs, University, Colorado, Colorado Springs. I don't know what the situation is down there or in Pueblo. There's university. Uh, well, there it's now Colorado State University in Pueblo. But I'd love to pray with you and, and love to pray with anyone. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 is the number to call. The text line is 720-336-0897. We still have all open lines, so give me a call. We'd love to be able to talk to you. We're going to also go to the text line. Um, and as we go to the text line, my name is Madison. I'm hoping you could pray for my husband and I. Um, they are desiring to live a God-centered life and would love prayers. And so we'd be happy to do that, uh, Madison. So, Father, I do pray for this couple as they've taken the time uh, to just be able to um, text in a prayer request. We just pray for Madison and her husband that they live a life for you, that they desire to uh, be... uh, ones that please you with their lives and that they would look to your word in every way in that. And I just hope and pray that they would just be sensitive to your leading, uh, that they would get guidance, godly wisdom uh, from you, Lord, and uh, as they read your word and that you empower them because we can't live a life we know in the flesh. It's only by the work of the Spirit. So I do pray that you would just touch them, empower them, just guide them, um, help them to look to you, and Lord, just do a marvelous work in their marriages. They desire to live a God-centered, Christ-centered life, and I just pray that for everyone who's listening today, that we would live a God-centered, Christ-centered life for you, especially in the days in which we are living in, and it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Hey, we're about 15 minutes into the show. We've had no calls, and so um, I'd love for you to call 303-690-3000 is the number to call and uh, 720-336-0897 is the text line and so give us a text and love to be able to encourage you in any way that we can. Still waiting for phones to come so I'm going to continue with the text line. You know, every show takes on its its own, um, you know, it it takes on its its own you know themes and and uh, subjects and every show there's never I've been doing this for almost six years and I've had the privilege to do that and there hasn't been one show that is similar to another show so um, if it's the text today we'll go to the text but we'd love to hear you call and because the calls are really what is a blessing and and love to hear from you. Hey, um, can you tell me what the Bible says about marriage um, that my husband and I can study together? Kind of went with the question that we just did. And so I want to give you some text on that. And one of the things is you can read Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. I would encourage you to read all of the chapter because it leads to verses 22 through 31, uh, the roles of husband and wives in the scriptures. First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7 is another text to read, giving us the roles of husbands and wives as well. You might want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, that speaks about love, uh, but uh, those are the main verses that it speaks about uh, that will help you get started. And then 
just continue to read the scriptures um, on how God wants you to live. I think that's the real key for the marriage relationship, that we have to be living for Christ. We have to have a desire for us personally to please the Lord. And that's what Paul says in that section of Ephesians chapter 5, leading into the roles of husbands and wives, submitting to one another in the fear of God. And we are to submit to one another. We are to be living for the Lord, and we are not going to have um, you know, a godly response to the roles that we have if we're not really dedicated to the Lord, desiring to please the Lord in our lives. So all of Scripture is important, but those show us the roles of husbands and wives. Well, we got some phone calls. Thank you for calling in, 303-690-3000, listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs at Calvary Greeley. We got an open line, but we are going to go to Aurora, where Greg's on line one. Hi, Greg. Hello, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for calling. Good, good. Yeah, I couldn't stand to. Uh, I was squirming in my seat. You can't have dead air time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what they say. You got you got to keep talking. You got to keep going. So, you <laughs> <Right. know. laughs> well, but thanks I, for calling. Sure. I called in a few weeks ago. I was kind of going to give you an update on uh, a few different, well, it was one topic. that I don't know if you remember me. We, you prayed on the air for me. I have a friend up in the mountains who's getting senile and dementia. Yeah, I do. I do remember. And it was really difficult. I did everything I could to keep him in his own place, you know, uh, to keep him right. where he was, you know, getting his benefits that he was supposed to and everything. And, and you know, I'm 110 miles away. I was getting to be a gigantic job. Well, he, that's like he got in his third fight with a tenant. He lived in a row of cabins up there, and third fight, and so he got evicted. So I switched gears and tried to get him into two different nursing homes, which he he shut the door on both of them. And um, so as the eviction got closer, make a long story short, he pulled a gun, loaded weapon on the police and the landlord, and threatened to kill him. And now he's got two felonies and a laundry list of other things and he's sitting in jail and mm. i i That's just we don't know how god answers prayers sometimes but bottom line is the landlord bent over backwards to help let me yeah. try to get him in a place and it just totally backfired but he has a baby on the way and three kids already and this guy's right. like bent on on getting yeah. to him you know finding a gun that he buried or something but he's sitting in jail, so it's just... Well, one of the things, you know, is it's, you know, there's consequences for, you know, doing those kinds of things and actions, and and it's sad, and he's had people come in like you to help him, but yeah. he's got to make that decision and determination that he's going to do what's right, and, you know, being in jail, maybe that's where the Lord has him. Uh, one of the things about being in jail is, you know, there's two goals of, you ask anybody that, you know, works in corrections, is number one, that they don't escape, and number two, they don't get hurt. And so they're there for their own good, and um, and we just pray that, you know, that there be a chaplain or somebody there that can just be able to reach him and, and minister to him. But it, it is disappointing when we try to help people and and I know that I remember talking to you about it, it was just a difficult situation, and and uh, they refused that help. But um, why don't we go ahead and just continue to pray for him, 
Greg. Oh, can I just say one other thing? Absolutely. Yeah, I wanted to just uh, sort of, in a way, confess, because really when I look at it, uh, you know, I, I think I helped contribute to the dang thing because, you know, I think it all stems from he he, he had to take a lot of painkillers and stuff, and, and I knew he self-medicated with marijuana and alcohol some. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, when I'd go up there and stay with him and I'd be, you know, sometimes going on a fishing trip or whatever, and I'd stay in his cabin or his uh, trailer, but... You know, I actually would bring up a few beers, and we'd have a few beers to drink, and I just feel like, man, you know, I was reading it last night. I can't remember where it was. Uh, oh, shoot. Anyway, it's like yeah. we have to be careful. We're not actually we have to, leading yeah. someone that, to sin, you know? Yeah, and that's so important, Greg, that we don't lead somebody to sin and sometimes we may have think we have good intentions or something but you know the best thing that we can do is that we can give them the word of god we can pray for them and encourage them to to do what is right in the sight of god so father i just pray for you know greg as he uh, has learned some things and been convicted and lord i pray that you would just minister to greg as his heart still is for this individual that's gone through such a difficult difficult thing. And I also pray that, Lord, for this one, you know who it is, he is, you love him, that you would reach to the depths of his heart and that you would soften his heart. And Lord, um, that he would turn to you and realize uh, the destructive life that he is living. And Lord, I just pray that you would just work a miracle because you can, there's nothing too difficult for you, a heart too hard for you uh, to reach. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do that to this individual, you know who he is, where he is, and what is in his heart, and all everything about him. And I just pray for you to work in that individual's life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, Greg, thanks for calling. Appreciate the update. God bless you. 303-690-3000. We got an open line. Let's go to back to Aurora, where Paul is on the line. Hi, Paul. Hey, Pastor Jeff. How's it going today? Good. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Thanks. Um, Good prayer, by the way. I appreciate it. But, um, hey, uh, my question regards, um, I guess, uh, what kind of sparked it is kind of all the craziness going on in this day and age and um, when innocent life is being threatened and and a lot of things kind of go a mishap. um, What does the Bible say about self-defense? And I would even go as far as saying up to the means of deadly force to stop evil, stop the threat so no one else's lives are at stake. What what does the Bible say about that? Well, I think I like to think about the story. um, You know, David said in Psalm 144 that, Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war uh, and my fingers for battle. And uh, David, of course, was a warrior. But I, I think about that story that we have at the end of First uh, Samuel, how David had been running from Saul. Remember that? And it, it's interesting because David shows us a real balance in things. One of the things that he shows us is Saul threw a spear at David, didn't he? And Saul did it not once but twice. Saul was going after David, and David had the mindset of, 
that I will not touch the Lord's anointed. So there was a time when David said, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this. David had opportunity to do Saul in. He he did twice. Um, he cut the edge of his garment when Saul was in the cave, taking care of business. And he called out to Saul, and he said, Saul, why are you doing this? I haven't done anything to you. And Saul wept and, and all of that. So you see that as you go through First Samuel, which I find to be interesting. Because I think, what would I have done if I was in David's sandals? His men are saying, this is it. This is the time. You need to do Saul in. You have the right to do that because he has tried to kill you and is trying to kill you and pursuing you. But David was trusting the Lord in that instance and saying, I'm not going to touch the Lord's anointed. And um, I'm not going to do that. Um, The Lord put him in that position as king. And I'm going to let the Lord take him out. So David chose that in that instant. You go to the end of 1 Samuel, you see that David had flew, uh, fled to the area of the Philistines. He is there in, in Ziglag, I could believe. And what had happened is the Amalekites came, and as David and his men were out, uh, away from you know their wives and their families, that here came the Amalekites, and um, the uh, others who came, uh, and they attacked Ziglag, and they took David's family and all his mighty man's family, their children, all their stuff were taken captive, and they burned it, you know, the city with fire. So David comes back, and, you know, he's greatly distressed, uh, and the guys are distressed. They think, hmm, you know, you know what? David, they were so upset at David. We've been following you so long through the wilderness, put up with all this stuff. They were going to stone David, actually. And it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. He went to the Lord, and David said, okay, you know what? Um, Bring the ephod here. And he brought the ephod to David. He inquired of the Lord, should I pursue them? Yes. So David said, okay, guys, strap on your swords. We're going to go after those guys. So you see instance where David, um, he is one that, um, you know, defended his family. He went after them. Other times he said, Saul, I'm not going to do that. We have Esther chapter 8 that talks about, um, you know, that the king gave a letter permitted the Jews in every city to gather and protect their lives, you know, when that decree went out by the Medes and the Persians that, you know, the Jews could be killed on a certain day. Here's the thing about the Medes and the Persians. It was not an absolute monarchy. It was a constitutional monarchy. So anything that was put in writing as law, then something else had to come along, and that's what happened. So they were able to defend themselves there as we read that incredible uh, story of the Book of Esther. So you see that, that they were able to defend themselves uh, but I think it takes wisdom and discernment, and um, you know, and people have different convictions on it. I know Christians that say, you know, they they have different views on it. But I see the Bible where um, they did defend themselves, and they, you know, were able to defend their families. You know, Nehemiah said, as they had what a sword in one hand, and they had a and a you know uh, trial in the other. 
and they protected their families. So we see that as they were building the wall. And I know um, that, you know, churches have security. I know that families, um, that uh, I have certain convictions about defending my family or, you know, security in my home. And, uh, but uh, I see that it, particularly in the Old Testament, that that was something that they did. Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, that's really great information. Um, what was that first, you, you let off with one specific example that we are built up and trained or um, what, what was David, that you said? What, David, one, uh, Psalm 144, David says, you trained my hands for war. And, um, and he talks, my fingers for battle. So he was a warrior, and God trained him for that. So, hey, good question. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. So good to be with you. My name is Jeff Figs, up here in Greeley, Colorado. If you're wondering, where is Greeley, Colorado? It's halfway between Denver, Colorado, and Cheyenne, Wyoming, up here in agricultural area. Pray for the farmers up here. They've been harvesting and cutting corn. And and uh, so, you know, it's um, very grateful for the farmers uh, that— work the land, and you guys who um, are harvesting, thank you for what you do. Uh, You feed our nation, and it's not always easy. And I have family members in Minnesota that uh, farm, and and, uh, and I'm very grateful for them and all they do. And and, uh, so be praying for them as it's harvest time and, and to be able to feed not only the, the, you know, nation, but they feed the world. And very grateful for you who work the land, you who ranch, uh, you who are up here working in oil and gas uh, so that we can put gas in our cars. Thank you for your, your um, you know, just work that you do for us and for our community, our state, our nation as well. Hey, I just wanted to give a quick announcement. We're going to go to the phone lines. We do have an open line, and uh, that open line is ready for you to take, and uh, we are going to uh, get to the phone lines in just a second. I just want to remind everyone that here in Greeley that we are doing in-person services on Sunday, 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And so check it out. Check our website out, org. We have children's ministry available for all three services. And then on Wednesday night, we're going through Jeremiah we are doing online only on Wednesday night. We're not doing in person, and uh, but you can join us seven o'clock for that study. It's a powerful study. It's Jeremiah is ministering to a nation and speaking to a nation that is dying spiritually. Very relevant for us today. So CalvaryChapelGreeley.org or our Facebook page Calvary Chapel Greeley. Love to see you. Love to serve you. All that information that you need to know is on the website as I just gave you that address. Well, uh, we got an open line, but I'm so grateful people have begun to call in. Let's go ahead and go to George in Pennsylvania. Hi, George. Hello. How are you, George? You're on Calvary Live. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good.
Good. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. No. Again, my question was, um, I, I, I've been I've been with my church now for 17 years, and um, since the COVID, uh, we haven't opened, and apparently there's not there's not a lot of talk of opening it up back you know back up. Um, I called my pastor. I spoke to my pastor. I told him I said I've been with him for 17 years, and I did talk to him. I said. Um, I can't do it no more. I'm hungry. I, I need the word. I need to be around people. I need to fellowship. And um, he understood. And so my 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 question was this: um, I did speak to him. I told him I'm taking a year hiatus. Um, if I get this, if I have that right, uh, I'm taking a year off, not from ministry. I'm going to. I'm, I'm attending my son's church right now. Because they're there, they're live. People are meeting. Uh, there's fellowship. There's there's live preaching, and I'm feeling so much better in this right now. And I I just I I I, I just I, I'm hungry for the word. And you know I mean right. I study. I do my own studying at home. I visit the ministry all day long and Christian radio stations. But I need fellowship. So I, I right. did discuss this with him. And my my question was again because. I, I I don't feel I'm not I'm not a person who uh, easily feels guilty about things, but I have a heart and I don't like to hurt no one. And so my question yeah. was, um, or my comment rather is, I, I'm, I'm I don't want to feel guilty. I want to make sure that biblically, I'm okay with this. I'm not leaving the church. I am going to another church for a year now. Again, in a year's time, in a year's time, if I um, choose and the Lord leads me. I may be staying with this church, um, but you know, I just again, I, I want to make sure that that I, you know, that that I have um, someone right. else's word also. That, that again, because I'm I'm here to please the Lord. I'm not here to please man, but at the same time, yeah. I don't like hurting no one. So um, yeah. I want to make sure that I'm okay in doing this. Right, and you know, George, here's the thing: is difficult on two fronts. Number one. Is difficult on pastors. I don't know what uh, the situation is like in Pennsylvania. I'm familiar with, you know, what um, we're going through here in Colorado. And in Colorado, we have the populated areas along the Front Range, and then we have the rural areas. Uh, Colorado's still very rural uh, up here where I am in in Northeast Colorado and Weld County is is rural rural, and um, and so it's different and. Um, we're seeing different uh, numbers of COVID. And so what has happened is pastors who need and and know that the priority is to take care of the spiritual needs of the people, all of a sudden the physical you know, health of the people has come to the forefront. When this first started, they told us that uh, two and a half million people, the model show, are going to die. And none of us wanted that to happen. And so we shut down, and they said for two weeks, and then it ended up being three months. And then we slow, slowly started coming back to in-person uh, here uh, in Greeley in the backyard doing outdoor services. It was safer. It was summertime. Uh, people actually really enjoyed it. We did a couple services where there was plenty of room out in the back, and then now we've come back inside. Every pastor is different. Every pastor has different convictions. And But the other side of the coin is this. You, you said fellowship is important, and it is very important. 
God created us to have fellowship with him and then also with that fellowship with each other. That is to be a priority, and that's why you read in in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, don't forsake the assembly of ourselves together, as is the matter of some, um, especially as you see the day approaching. And we are seeing the day approaching, the Lord's coming. So fellowship is very important, and what we have found that people were longing for that fellowship. So we live in a blessed time in that, that those who are high risk are not comfortable coming out. And we have people in our church that are not comfortable coming out um, that are continuing to watch online, but there's still a feeling of isolation, and and um, and it's hard. It, it's 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 sad. But we've done uh, we're doing in person services because I feel like fellowship is so important. And then you get into the whole thing about mask or not mask. You, you know, social distancing, six feet this way, that way, limited space, all this, and it's been very very exhausting to go through it. So wherever the Lord leads you, if what I'm hearing from you is that your church is not doing in person, but there are other churches that are around that are doing in person, and you want to be in fellowship, then go be in fellowship and um, go be with other believers if that's where the Lord has, has led you. And um, so uh, you don't need to feel guilty about it. And what I hear is that you still care about your church, uh, but you are hungry to be with the brethren, and I understand that. And we've had people come in here that said, you know, when their churches were were still not doing in person, they said, we just need to be in fellowship. We need to be with other believers. And um, But pray for your pastor. Just continue to encourage him, and, and then go be in fellowship. Right. Uh, and the thing, the thing was for me was, and I just wanted to make sure, again, even after 17 years, that it wasn't a thing of, you know, oh, man, you know, I can't because you know, I'm letting him down there. Because I also know that the Bible says the curse is the man whose confidence is in another, in another man. And I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't, you know, I'm saying because I've been here 17 years and he's been good to me. You know, that the fellowship between he and I will never go away. We'll always yeah. be brothers in Christ. And we, all, we, all, we both already said it. We're going to contact each other, talk to each other, go out to lunch together at times, do different yeah. things. So I just want to make sure that I was right in my mode. Yeah, and I don't hear, you know, that sense of being divisive or anything in your voice or any of the comments that you made. You're saying, I want to be in fellowship. And right now that's not provided for my church that I've been a part of for 17 years. So right now I'm going to be in fellowship where I can, my son's church. And um, and then as your church opens up, you know, you're continuing to fellowship with your pastor. So I, I think that, you know, that's what I would, you know, I think about me and my family, because again, everybody has different convictions that, hey, I want to be in fellowship with the brethren. And so that's what you're doing, because you know that that's important and you have a hunger for that. So I think you're fine. I think you're um, doing good and you got a, still a, a loving, caring attitude towards your church and towards your pastor that you're not going to be at for a while. Well, thank you, sir. You bet. God you bless you. Day. You too. Okay. It is Bye-bye. hard. You bet, George. It is hard. It's, it's difficult during these times. And I encourage Christians to be in fellowship. And and I know some can't. They're, I have an 87-year-old mom that she's very, very high risk. And 
um, that makes me sad. And others that have emailed me and said, you know, we just we need to be so careful and just juggling through it all uh, has been just uh, really um, just really kind of, um, you know, difficult in for all of us. But uh, I know that people are starting to come back and uh, we had such a sweet time on Sunday. People raising their hands and worshiping and 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 being in fellowship. It, it was really neat to see that. But it's still hard. Um, still miss those who can't come out or feel like they can't come out. And and um, so we're just praying for everyone. Um, I think as I look at things, we need to go to Baltimore where Don has been waiting. <laughs> yes, thank you. How um, are you, Don? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thanks for calling. Thank you for uh, receiving my call. Um, I just had a question about Christmas. I'm I'm fine with where I am about Christmas, but um, a couple of people, um, this last one person who said something to me, um, gave me scriptures from Deuteronomy. I'm not home with my Bible right now, so I can't remember the scripture. But it was something about it's wrong to have a Christmas tree, it's wrong to um, celebrate Christmas, because that was Nero's birthday, and the things that we do at Christmas time is similar to what they did for him, and he was anti-God, Nero. And um, they're just very adamant about it. And I said to them, uh, to the person, that it's the motive behind what you do, why you do what you do, and it doesn't take anything away from salvation and being a child of God. And if you're worshiping the Lord Jesus and not Nero, it may be on the same day, but you're not doing the same thing. And um, so what are your thoughts about that? And he also said something about a Christmas tree, that it was wrong to have one. And it was in I, I think, I think perhaps he might be thinking, or you, you know, as far as the Christmas tree, Jeremiah chapter ten. I'm going to read it to you and and see if this is the text. But Jeremiah is is speaking to Judah. He's speaking to a nation that has plunged itself deep, deep into idol worship. Jeremiah started his ministry after the reign of Manasseh. And Manasseh was the longest-lasting king in Judah. He reigned for 55 years. He plunged the nation deep into cultic practices, every kind of immorality. They were sacrificing their children on the arms of Moloch. They had the high places where um, they would practice all kinds of pagan you know, customs and stuff. And to hear the word of the Lord that speaks to you, O house of Israel— and for the customs of the people are futile. For one cuts a tree from the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They decorate it with silver and gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers so it will not topple. They are upright like a palm tree, and they cannot speak. They must be carried. They cannot go by themselves. Do not be afraid of them. So that sounds like the Christmas tree, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It it sounds like the Christmas tree. You cut down a tree, you put it upright, you put silver on it, you decorate it. So mm-hmm. there are those who will say, for example, Jeremiah chapter 10, and maybe there's uh, some other references in Deuteronomy that speak against that. But here's the thing you need to keep in context. And I think, Don, you touched on it very, very well, is that um, this is talking about this tree that they're worshiping. They had the high groves, and it's used for idol worship. Um, so 
that's the context of where it's at. And and if somebody has the conviction of reading that, that they shouldn't have a Christmas tree, they don't want to have a Christmas tree, then they shouldn't have a Christmas tree. There are those who say, well, we shouldn't celebrate Christmas on December 25th because Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Well, he probably wasn't, but we don't know for sure when he was born. And there is some pagan roots too, you know, all the Yule log and, and things like that. But I think for me, as I read um, what Paul wrote about in our liberty in the book of Romans, he said, one man esteems one day above another, one man esteems every day alike. You be convinced in your own mind. That's in Romans chapter 14. Um, I happen to be one that I esteem every day alike, every day is to worship the Lord, to meet together as Christians. There are those who say, no, that you should only you know, worship on Saturday. Um, I don't see that in the New Testament. But if I want to worship the birth of Jesus on December 25th, I'm going to worship, you know, Jesus and celebrate his birth on December 25th. I don't have a problem with that. Because Paul says, you know, you may esteem that day above another or every day alike. So we can celebrate Christmas in July or we can celebrate on December 25th. We have that liberty to be able to do that. But I think the key is, like you said, to keep our focus on the Lord keep the Lord the priority. I can have a Christmas tree, and even as I put lights on that Christmas tree, you know, I I can remind people that Jesus is the light of the world. Even as I have a Christmas tree, I can remind people that Jesus hung on a tree for us, you know, in going to Calvary's cross. Even as I have a Christmas tree and there are gifts under it, that I can tell people that our salvation is the greatest gift, free gift from God that we can have. So we can definitely, I believe, keep the focus on, you know, the Lord if we have a Christmas tree or whether we don't have a Christmas tree. And we know that Christmas is very commercialized, you know, with the ho-ho-ho and Santa Claus and, you know, snowflakes and, you know, snowmen and all the other stuff. But as Christians, I really believe the key is whether we have a Christmas tree or lights up, whatever the case may be, is keep the focus on Jesus Christ. And, and for me, that's what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. I don't have a problem having a Christmas tree in my house. I've had a mm-hmm. Christmas tree in my house, you know, ever since I was a little kid. I remember mm-hmm. having that. And that's part of the tradition that we've had. And mm-hmm. I'm not there bowing down to the Christmas tree. I'm mm-hmm. not worshiping the Christmas tree. But mm-hmm. we are worshiping Jesus in the birth of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I have no problem doing it on December 25th either. But other people have different convictions. Yeah. Yes. And what does a that help? Day. It does help. Thank you. And what a wonderful day. Everybody's focused, you know, on that, that great big day. Everybody is. And you can get people's attention. Um, Christians can to point them to the Lord. Just what you just said. All those yeah. types and, and symbols. Yeah, exactly. So we got to keep everything in context. And, you know, Don, um, you know, I believe this year especially, Christmas is a very special time of the year for me. I love it here at the church. It has been a difficult year, and we need to celebrate Christmas. We need to celebrate, at least I do, and my family, the birth of Jesus Christ. And, um, and I pray that 
that we're able to do that. I pray that things don't get worse, that we can have Christmas Eve services and we're able to move forward um, in that and look forward to a new year. Um, but uh, I, we really need Christmas this year. But other people have convictions, and I don't want to take that conviction away from people. If they can't have a Christmas tree you know, in faith, then don't have a Christmas tree. But I don't have a problem. And we have trees that are decorated here in the church that we've put up, and I don't have a problem with it. We're going to keep the focus on Jesus. We're going to point to Jesus. We're going to say that Christmas is all fulfilled by Jesus in his birth. And and as we do that, I think that we're going to honor the Lord in that. All right? Thank you, yes. <laughs> okay, thank all you right. so much. All right. Hey, hey Don. Don? I wish she would. She, she was still on because it's a week delayed out there. But Don, if you listen next week, I want to be the first one to tell you Merry Christmas. You're the first person that I've t- said this year, <laughs> and so we're three months out. Merry Christmas, and uh, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. So anyway, um, thanks for the question, Don. Let me see where we're at. I believe that we have open lines. And so 303-690-3000, you know, that's going to be coming up. And I I know another thing that's going to be coming up next month is, you know, do we celebrate Halloween as Christians? And we'll answer that as those questions come up and stuff. And and Thanksgiving, and I like Thanksgiving because it includes food and anything that includes food, I'm, I'm there, man. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about at a staff meeting today is, Will we be able to do, uh, we've had a tradition on Thanksgiving Eve to be able to have a pie social and, and you know, somebody brings a pie. Are we going to be able to do that? I don't know. Um, I pray that we can, uh, but we really need to, you know, have hearts of Thanksgiving as we head towards the holiday season. And I know you're thinking it's September. Well, it's the end of September and we're moving into October and uh, Christmas and celebrate the birth of Jesus and then a new year. And I'm praying for a new year because this year has been uh, very challenging for all of us. But to remind you that God still wants to work and we have so much to be thankful for, even though we've gone through difficult times and it's been a difficult season. And um, we as Christians, we have reason to be thankful, don't we? Because we have Jesus and he's with us and his promises are true for us. So, you know, we can certainly have that. Um, I want to answer a text question. My brother believes that committing blasphemy is an unforgivable sin and that he is going to hell, and there's nothing he can do to change that. Where in the Bible can I show him that that is not true? Jesus warned the religious leaders about blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said all sin is forgiven except blasphemy the Holy Spirit. He warned the religious leaders that you are, you know, getting close to to committing that. Um, The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is simply this, going your whole life and rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, rejecting the gospel message. When you get to the end of your life and you've made that firm choice and have not turned to Jesus, that's the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some people that will come to me and say, you know, I, you know, curse God or, you know, um, I think I committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I can almost guarantee that those 
who say, I, I think I've committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, and they're all worried about it, and that they're going to go to hell, that they haven't done that. Um, I think that a good study for you is to look at Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle, he said, I was a blasphemer. He persecuted Christians. He said, I was a waster of the church. I was a violent man. And Paul was one that was the greatest of sinners, he says. He says, I'm the chief sinners. And Paul would go on to say of whom uh, Christ died for. And that's very important. He knew that he was forgiven. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Paul's not saying that because he had some deep, dark, you know, secret sin that nobody knew about. He's talking about, I was the chiefest of sinners. I killed Christians. I persecuted Christians. Um, I was a waster of the church, but yet he knew that he was forgiven of the Lord and an incredible grace. So point him to the life of Paul the Apostle. And and Paul knew that he was forgiven, and uh, Paul knew that uh, he had received the forgiveness of the Lord, and even though he went through that, he talks about that in Philippians chapter 3 is another chapter you can uh, read. He said, you don't have any confidence in the flesh. If anyone had uh, confidence in the flesh, um, me more so. And he would go on to say um, that, um, brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I'm not going to let those things paralyze me. I'm going to move forward in the Lord because of the blood of Jesus Christ who cleanses us from all sin. So uh, that's the way where you want to go with that question of the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Somebody didn't want to be on the air but had some prayer requests as before we end the show. Um, for sanitation workers across the country, um, and then also for their granddaughter. So, Father, I just pray for uh, sanitation workers that uh, they do provide a very important service to us, and we just pray for them. And um, as they're out in the communities and as they are uh, taking uh, what we throw out, and, uh, Lord, they work so hard. Um, I know some here in the fellowship uh, and they are hard workers out in the cold, out in the heat, all day long. I just pray for them. I pray that you would bless them. Thank you for their service for us. And Lord, I pray for this individual that didn't want to be on the air, but I just pray for a granddaughter who thinks she's transgender. I just pray that the Word of God would come into her heart, and Lord, that she would know she was wonderfully made by you, that you are the potter, and Lord, that you created her the way that she is, and there's no mistake. And Lord, did I pray that she would come to understand that you have a wonderful plan for her life. So we lift her up to you. And I pray for all of us, and particularly our young people, who think that maybe they're not valuable or have any worth, that they would understand this, that they are so valuable, that they have so much worth that Jesus went and died on the cross for them specifically and individually. So, Lord, I just pray that uh, for um, this young girl that um, that she would come to know your love and come to know you personally. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we're coming to the end of the show, and so I want to thank everybody who called in and, and uh, those who are part of the show. You know, we have um, 
opportunity. One of the things that we went over on Sunday morning in our Matthew studies, Jesus looked out on the multitudes and was moved with compassion. Sometimes we, we miss that word moved. It means that he was moved in his heart, in the very deep resources of his soul. Jesus had emotions, and he's moved with compassion. And that statement comes after we read that Jesus had been healing those of sickness and disease. Matter of fact, it's in Matthew chapter 9, and in that chapter we see six people healed uh, physically. Uh, We see that Matthew is called uh, to follow after him. It's an incredible chapter. But Jesus looked at the multitudes as he was moved with compassion because they were like sheep that were without a shepherd scattered. And as you read that, he sees them, that they're, they're scattered, they're tattered, they're weary, they're, they're weak. And Jesus sees that, and then he says, pray for laborers to go out into the harvest. And there are people to minister to and to love and to give the good news to because, you know, they're sheep without a shepherd, and they are scattered and weak because of the world. But you and I, that we have the message to give that turned to the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. And Jesus said the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep who laid down their life for them. Let's not forget about that as we find ourselves getting closer to election day. And there's a lot of things on our minds as we get closer to the holidays. We want to share Jesus with others and be moved with compassion to people that don't have him. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate it. Such a privilege to always be with you. Have a good evening. Stay close to the Lord. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.